Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Julie, today we're going to talk about things that seem impossible. Have you ever had a situation where something just seemed impossible to you? Oh, John, the list seems fairly lengthy, especially these days. But one situation that really sticks out in my mind is last year uh, trying to buy a new house. It seemed so impossible, so out of reach, especially these days with a lack of inventory, bidding wars, changes to the process due to the pandemic, et cetera. But I have to say with some patience, which typically isn't my strong suit, some logic, some planning, and most importantly, having some trusted sounding boards, it all worked out. How about you, John? Have you found yourself in an impossible situation lately? Well, not lately, but one that sticks in my mind uh, actually occurred in the area of the financial services business. We had a very close family friend that came to me and uh, he and his wife were concerned because uh, they were only a few years into retirement and their nest egg was seemingly disappearing. I think somebody had told them that if they just kept their annual withdrawals under like 12, 15%, they should be fine, right? So uh, I looked at it and I just, wow, this, this almost seems impossible. And yet we were able to work some things out where, you know, they made some adjustments, they took on some new things. Uh, but I'll tell you, Julie, that experience made me think that as a financial professional, I think one of the hardest situations uh, that we get into is where we face a situation where we just look at the numbers and we say, there's no way this client's going to make it. And I'm not sure how to tell them that. And so that's why I'm so looking forward to our podcast episode today. Absolutely. No, that's a, that's a very powerful story. And I, I think you're right. And we're very fortunate to have Robert Laura here with us today to share some thoughts and best practices on how to make retirement a little less impossible. Uh, Robert's a pioneer in the psychology and social science of retirement planning. He's a three-time best-selling author, nationally syndicated columnist for Forbes and Financial Advisor Magazine, and a recognized presenter at retirement conferences across the country. As a former social worker turned money manager, author, and speaker, his work has reached millions of people through seven books, 12 guides, and over 800 articles. He frequently appears in major business media outlets such as the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, CNBC, Market Watch, The New York Times, and much more. Robert, welcome, and thank you for being with us here today on our podcast. Thanks, Julie and John. Looking forward to uh, being here and spending some time with you guys again. Hey, Robert, when I read the, the headline, your, kind of your term, the impossible retirement, I have to admit, I didn't really know what you meant by it. So what was this idea and how did you come to it around this idea of an impossible retirement? Well, I mean, I think we've all seen the statistics of the saving crisis and people aren't saving enough. And, you know, I've had lots of interactions with people who just who feel retirement's impossible. Um, and I, and I kind of got the idea from the, the, the show Restaurant Impossible, where they go on the show and they've, they've got these restaurants that are running to the ground and they're going to shut down in two months and it's the end of a long legacy and it's this horrible story. Well, 
the same things happen to people in retirement. You know, they're kind of, they're turning 50 or 60 or 65. They, they feel behind and no one's really helping them. And, you know, kind of to, to your point you made earlier, like I was a retirement robot for a long time. Just press numbers, press timeframes. Sorry, won't work. Um, and really it's about being creative and looking for solutions and kind of being the, the light for them that says there's, there's ways we can do this. And so it is just about a little bit, you know, learning a little bit more of the art than the science and then really just instilling people in hope because again, to the story that you just shared, there are ways that people can do it. It's not impossible. They just can't see new opportunities. Robert, I'm curious, does this concept primarily impact clients who haven't saved enough money for retirement? Uh, could you share your thoughts on who, which demographic of, of pre-retirees that you're referring to? Yeah, that's where it starts. And again, because we've been you know, brainwashed to believe that retirement's a financial event, that you have to have this ridiculous sum of money um, that you're slowly going to, you know, eat away at for the next 30 or 40 years. And again, if you were to walk up to people and say, how much do you need to have to retire? Million dollars, $2 million, you know, these, these staggering numbers and it's impossible. You know, people are living paycheck to paycheck. And the other idea that retirement is this time where you do nothing is not true. And so not only do they have this bad idea of the sum of money they need, but the fact that they're not going to do anything. And that's where, again, I think if you start to look at some creative ideas that people have had, you can combine, you know, your passions and hobbies with part-time work or a business or other things. And, you know, even for myself, like, I don't see myself slowing down until I'm in my 80s. There's just no way. And so that switches gears. So someone who's, let's say, 58, who hasn't saved enough is now is sweating out trying to have a million dollars and be done for the rest of life at 65, that doesn't have to be the case. You can switch careers. You can go back to school. You can start a business. You can do these other things. And that's what's missing. People just need permission and also normalization. You know that, guess what? You're not the first impossible story you come across. You're not alone. You're not hanging out there by yourself. There's some things that we can help you with. You know, Robert, I recently spoke at a conference and afterwards it was a, a financial professional conference. Afterwards, a couple of folks came up to me and they wanted to know my thoughts on replacement ratios, right? And uh, did I think it was 100% or 80% or how does it change over time? And and uh, look, not that it's not a great uh, conversation to have. Obviously, there are great rules of thumb that can kind of get us in the general vicinity, but what I'm hearing you saying is not to disregard the financial analysis part of it, but to understand that that's not a predeterminant of what the future will be. Is that, am I capturing that correctly? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think too, I think if you think about something simple like a marriage, right? You don't, you, you can't project what your marriage is going to look like in 30 years, but if you take care of it today and nurture that relationship right now, it's going to blossom for a long period of time. So if we can switch the focus, so instead of, John, you got to have a million dollars in 10 years, so go get three jobs, uh, say goodbye to your family and slave away, and then hopefully you'll get there. But oh, by the way, when you do, you're going to be miserable. Um, it is about saying, let's start small. Let's just say we're going to do this. Let's open up your eyes that 
65 is not the, or 62 is the, the end all be all date. And let's start to explore, you know, some of your passions and hobbies and try to align perks with them or other opportunities. And it's just really this process of opening up area, you know, just fresh thinking. And that's what, when people are in a rut and struggling, it's what they need. They need someone to break that cycle. And I think no matter what situation you're in, just for someone to have some hope for you. And again, when people come to us as financial professionals, we, we carry a lot of influence. What we say matters to people. And do I tell people, you know, I'm not, you know, preaching some prosperity that, oh, we're going to fix this. You're going to be richer than ever. Easy money. Don't worry about it. But I think just saying, we're going to keep working through this. I'm here for you. Let's keep bouncing ideas. Let's keep through it. And it doesn't, it's not snap and done. It does take time, but people need that. And that, again, is something that we can provide to those individuals that do instill that hope, help them be creative and open up new ideas. It makes so much sense, Robert. And I've always thought about it as the dollar amount is important, but it's what is that dollar amount allowing an individual to do in the next phase of their life? Is it allowing them more free time? Is it allowing them to give back to an organization that they care about? Is it allowing them to help their family? You know, what is that doing in terms of opening doors and, and giving them flexibility? You know, I'm curious, do you have any examples that you would be willing to share of any clients that you've helped um, really work through this process? Maybe they felt like retirement was out of reach or they were really struggling with this, this concept of, of uh, thinking about uh, this insurmountable hurdle. Uh, what, what examples can you share with us today? Yeah, I had an example early on in my career where I had um, a couple come in, they wanted to retire. And obviously doing some quick math, it wasn't looking good. And their big goal, they wanted to travel. And I'm thinking, there's no way that's happening. But really, what I didn't realize at the time was that they later shared was she had worked for an airline. And so she was going to get tickets for like $25 a ticket. Uh, she planned in retirement to work part time for a hotel chain while her husband was retiring from a big three automaker was going to go work as a porter for a rental car agency. So essentially, they created a way to retire. They were going to work part time to generate some income, but also because of the hotel chain, airline and rental car agency, they could basically travel for pennies on the dollar. And so the, the money wasn't there, but the strategy was. And that's why we, we have to look beyond the dollars to your point to these other things. And time and time again, I've had clients come in just like they're, they're just sweating out the numbers, but they don't live extravagant lives. They, you know, John, to your point earlier about the replacement ratio, is the rule of thumb 70 or 80%? Maybe, but can a lot of people have a great life at 40 or 50? Absolutely, because here's the one thing I know about retirement. The only guarantee that comes with it is at some point you're going to die. Now, that sounds like a terrible topic to have, but that's the reality. And you can't take it with you. And if you really drill down and ask people, um, you know, what's most important to you about retirement, if they're on their deathbed, they don't say, hey, will you call my financial advisor? Will you bring the deed to my house? No, all the most important things in the world don't cost money. And so you don't need to focus to be on money. You don't have to take the grandkids to Disney World three times. You really just need to spend time with them. So it's about drilling down what's important, what they value, and then taking a step-by-step -step process to figure out what they can do from there. So when we think about, Robert, we think about helping clients who feel that 
retirement is out of reach. I mean, it, it's funny to hear you share that story. The, the couple I mentioned earlier, they actually went back to work for the local school district. He drove a bus part-time. She was an aide part-time. But I thought the most clever of the things that they did was they enjoyed traveling in their travel trailer, and they would always stay at national parks. Well, during the summer, they would go and volunteer at national parks, right, where they would get free lodging and maybe some, you know, some free fellowship activities throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, I think that, that the important thing for financial professionals to realize is we don't always have to think about all these things, but what we do have to do is observe what's happening because those stories that we can share can be a great resource for clients who are unsure. And I guess I'd ask you, Robert, how is it best to help clients who feel that retirement is out of reach? I think it's really talking through the definition of retirement. So if you can help people change the definition that says, you know what, the, the, the new definition is not large sum of money, do nothing. The new definition is having an impact, having purpose, combining the things that you like and love with ways to make money. Great point on that couple using national parks and volunteering. A lot of people love to go to theater and shows. Well, you can go volunteer at those things. That way you're not spending money on it. So if we can redefine what retirement looks like, when that end date is, because one of the worst things we have are retirement ages. They should just do away with them because they, they mean nothing. Um, and they're more of a, a stigma. They, they kind of hang on people more than kind of open up doors. And so it's redefining retirement. It's instilling hope, right? It's just saying, we're going to figure this out. We're going to keep working towards this. doesn't mean we, we've got it figured out, you know, here it is on a piece of paper, but you will adapt over time. And that's the other benefit of financial planning and financial professional. Like you got to meet on a regular basis. We're going to update this stuff. We're going to relook at it. And then I think it's starting small. You know, what's, what's the first step? And I tell people this all the time. You got here one decision, one situation at a time. It's the same way you get out. We don't need 10 steps. We need one. Let's figure out what that is. Let's establish a consistent savings habit. Let's look around. Um, there's so many ways like, um, you, you could rent a room, you know, you could teach CPR, you could, you know, there's ways you can do things to make some extra money. And again, even if we're just saving that, but it's again saying and giving them permission to think outside the box because no one's told them that. Everyone said, work hard, save a bunch of money. You know, you're, you're going to have to really sacrifice a lot. And I hope you get there. That, that's a bad strategy. And so I think if we can give them permission to think and feel better about where they're at, where they're going, they're going to be able to get there. Robert, I loved how you talked about breaking this very complex process and topic down into one step at a time, right? One foot in front of the other, bite-sized pieces. For financial professionals that are uh, intrigued by this concept and, and want to weave it into their practice, have you found that this could be a, a utilized as a prospecting tool as they look to engage with future clients? And, and if so, how might a financial professional do that? I think it absolutely is because I think that we have a responsibility to not just work with people who have enough money and who have it all figured out. And I, I, the other thing I really think is that people who are struggling need support and they need to be around like-minded people who want to kind of take that next level. Um, a great example is actually Dave Ramsey's, um, you know, his kind of books and strategies, you know, those classes kind of bring people together, but advisors can do the same thing. If they offer a a local workshop or discussion or online webinar that says, 
if you're you know behind the retirement and, and worried about it, you know, join me for a one-hour presentation. And again, it really is just about kind of walking people through some ideas and strategies. But that's also differentiating you in the community, you know, right? So it's not just about how much new business can I get, how much revenue can I draw, how much can I do all this or that. Go work with some organizations who have some people who may be behind or lower paid to kind of offer these services as a way to kind of give back and be a positive influence in your community. So Robert, as we think about, when I think about anything that seems impossible, it almost always goes back to the fact that it seems like such a pain in the neck to think about. I don't even want to begin to try and get my arms around it. Right. So let's kind of role play a little bit, not, not per se, but a client comes in and shares with you what their worries are. They, they're, they're afraid they're not going to have enough money. They're afraid they're never going to, you know, be able to, you know, leave the job that they're in to start something they want. Like, like when we say establish that first step, what does that first step look like? Do you center on a hope and dream? Do you center on a fear? Do you center, what do you pluck out of that story as a grounding point, a place to begin? Yeah, so what I train other professionals and people on is a kind of a three-step process. Normalize, context, and permission. So we're going to right away normalize it. John, you're not the first person who's come in here that's, you know, felt like they're behind or felt like retirement was impossible. I see this on a pretty regular basis. And, um, you know, so you're not alone in how you're feeling. So what we have to do is kind of figure out the key things that are important to you and where we're going to go. And I think, so that point then allows us to give context because then context is you know explain why i'm feeling this way to tell me how to feel different or, or what is the statistic behind this and that again is where the advisor has the opportunity to say there's a new narrative for retirement it's not about you know building this large sum of money um it's not about sitting around doing nothing it's really realizing that you can have impact make money and do the things that you like well longer than the traditional retirement ages so that's the first time they're hearing this, right? So now they're like, okay, I'm not alone. You're saying there's potential. And I think by, if we if we make the shift, because financial planning is complex. That's why people procrastinate it. There's too many layers. You're like, oh my God, banging your head. Whoa, all this stuff. You're like, no, I don't want to do it. Let's talk about what's most important to you. Because when we remove money as the main factor, stress and anxiety goes down, ideas go up. And so that allows people to then start to say, okay, well, I guess what's most important to me is this and this. So we, you know, we make the box smaller. We give them permission to think around and outside of it. And that's where people, they need that light first. And ultimately, you're going to have to say, you know, let's just, let's meet again in a month or let's, you know, kind of, let's try some strategies to save some money or set aside some additional savings. Or why don't you just start to Google, um, you know, part-time jobs with benefits, you know, so that way, if they still need benefits when they transition or they want to work part time, they just they're starting to do a little bit of, you know, research and report back and we can talk about that. So that's kind of my process is this whole normalized context permission and then help them take those steps. That's terrific. I think that framework is so helpful as financial professionals think about how they might actually implement this concept in conversation. I'm curious, Robert, obviously you've had many, many, many conversations through the years with many different uh, clients in different life stages and financial and, and physical situations. Is it true that sometimes retirement really is out of reach? And, and how do you uh, embark on those conversations? 
I don't think it is, you know, because there's no universal definition of a successful retirement. So it's it's interesting because I've been trying to develop an assessment, a retirement readiness assessment, right? And I've been banging my head trying to figure this out. Well, the problem is the way you define it, Julie, or John, or myself is so different. So how can I say who's successful or who's going to be better at it? And so that's why I think it's such a personal choice of so retirement. Again, we have to get rid of the get a bunch of money, sit around, do nothing. You could, some people work till they're 80 or 90. You know, there's plenty of people, they say, well, retirement's a death sentence. I'm just going to die once I go there. Um, or there's plenty of people who just want out of the workforce, but then they get out and they're like, well, this isn't any fun. So they get back in. So I think it is just opening up these doors. So I don't think it's a matter of being out of reach. Um, and again, I think there's plenty of things, find a job that you love and you'll never work again. It's stuff that they can assimilate to and be retired in whatever way they want to define it. So Robert, I could probably have a, a pretty good argument with someone in academia, and I'm sure they would win in that case. But this concept of the number, right, that came out, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, I don't know, everything seems like it was five years ago to me anymore, but it was probably 15 or 20 years ago. I'm guessing you would say that that has quite often done more harm than good. Would I be right in that? Yeah. And again, it, it, I think it's a good guide. You know, we need rules of thumb. We, we need things like that because, again, a, a young person starting out, we want to teach them this, this savings habit. And, and, you know, so there's foundations for this, but there's always there's things that come up and, and some people are dealt some tough hands. And all of a sudden you're in a tough spot. And oh, by the way, this is impossible. You'll never get there. That's not what we want to instill. So the numbers, they are important. They do play a role, but they're not it. And there's, there's definitely a lot of wiggle room and sliding that we can use within there. We had a couple last week came to one of our workshops and they had been retired for about five years. And the rest of the folks in this meeting were still uh, working and, and even into the retirements, but they came back and they said, you know, the one thing we could tell you to count on in retirement is it'll look like, like nothing that you counted on. They said they were five years in and it looked nothing like they had once envisioned, but they didn't say that regretfully, right? Some things came up, it changed their course, but they were very thankful that what happened did. And like you said, it's a fine balance. It's not totally just, you know, let's see what happens, but it's it's an interesting way to look at things. And I think that that's the difficulty in trying to find that math solution to a life that we really don't know what's on the other side of. So rules of thumb are great. Problem is everybody's thumbs are different, right? You, you got it. And I think that again, why I applaud you guys for the work that you're doing. Cause the other thing I like, you got the resources. And so I, that's why I think it's cool that advisors don't have to know it all or be it all go download some of these articles or other things and hand it, hand it out because that's just as beneficial as, being able to kind of walk people through some of this framework or other pieces is sometimes putting it in their hand, letting them take them home and read it can make a big difference as well. So Robert, if financial professionals could take one thing from today's discussion to change the way that their clients think, or maybe even a first time prospect, first time we sat down to change the way they're thinking about retirement, what should that one thing be? I think it's be the light be impactful, you know, really start to think about your role as a financial professional as being much more figuring out the dollars and cents. People trust you and they're coming to you because they respect you. And so if you can just be that light, let them know there are possibilities. Don't be a robot. 
and start to develop a little art with the science will go a long way, not only helping that person, but your community and other people as well. Robert, I love that beacon of hope. Um, I think it's just so, so powerful and, and hopefully resonates with all of our financial professionals tuning in today. And if you're interested in reading Robert's article called Impossible Retirement, How to Help Clients Who Feel Retirement is Out of Reach, please visit hartfordfunds.com slash impossible. That's hartfordfunds.com slash impossible. Thank you again, Robert, for being here with us today. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.